the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 107 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay. Good evening and welcome to the Thursday edition of Andrea Kay. You know, I'm hearing that intro from my good friend Rick Rome. I had a great time hanging out with him a few days ago. I actually had lunch with my old buddy from Astor Broadcast Group. He said, hey, what are you doing for an intro these days? I said, I'm still using yours because I can't not hear your voice every time I sit down. Uh, to the microphone, but I'm laughing here and say dynamite in a dress because on the way here, I was giggling like a little schoolgirl. I am punch drunk crazy, y'all, from these debates. I have been sitting, <laughs> I have been sitting there since two o'clock this afternoon, basically for six and a half hours, immersed in some of the greatest nonsense I have ever been forced to witness. But thank goodness for me that I've got you all to spend this hour with me as we break it down and we chat and we do some post debate analysis. Can't think of a better person to be sharing this hour with, with me than, first of all, none other than the best board op ever, DJ Carrot Sticks Todd, Woo-hoo! back with me tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And calling in all the way from St. Louis is my Louis Alicia Dern, libertarian and legal hey. analyst. Hey there. Alicia, just. I don't have a, uh, a Homer Simpson woohoo. Yeah. But, uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> well, for those who, yeah. Um, for those who are fairly new to the show or new to the show at all. Alicia is uh, not just the legal and libertarian analyst for the show. There's a reason why she is that, because she has quite a bit of of, of expertise, not just in law, being an attorney, but also in presidential campaigns and debating. And I have not talked to Alicia. I have no idea what her perspective is on these debates tonight. So I'm just as curious as you all are as to hear her perspective. I want to hear yours. Follow me on on Facebook and follow me. I'm on Twitter at Andrea K5. I'm on Facebook at Andrea K. And um, Alicia, my first impression, before I say who I thought was the winner and who I thought was a loser, to me it was an omen. It was really not a good sign that when I... And first of all, we had two debates tonight, right? We had the first one, which was supposed to be the JV team, right? Six or seven right. of them up there. Then we had the second debate later that was supposed to be like the fir- those worthy of the first class cabin. But, you know, I, I felt like I-, I wanted to watch both. I sit down. I'm all ready to go. And the first thing that appears on my screen is Bill Hemmer looking like a China doll with like way too much white makeup on it and those big black eyes, you know, that go up and down. It was like Chucky, it's like a Chucky doll. I, I was like, what the heck happened to Bill Hemmer? It was like, it was like a really bad omen for the rest of the night for me, Alicia. I thought it was a horrible night for Fox News, first of all. I thought that for, for me to be tortured for six and a half hours, literally, if I did not have a show to do tonight, to come in, and share my perspective on this, I probably would have changed the channel screaming right then and there because really it was it was a horrible event. What did you think about it, first of all, before we get into any in-depth analysis? I, I thought Fox News was terrible, actually. They, they lost a lot of credibility with me. Uh, 
they were certainly pandering. Uh, some, some of it was pandering to ratings. Uh, some of it was uh, just plain out, plain out spit. Softballs, people they like, attacks, people that they don't. Uh, it, it wasn't really uh, a debate that was filled with decorum or intellectual rigor. Uh, and I think that was Fox News' fault. Well, uh, yeah, and um, the formats were terrible from the get-go. Here we are, and bear with me a minute because this this might not seem like it makes any sense, but I don't know if you know this today, that today, Alicia, is the 70th anniversary of Hiroshima, uh, the attack yeah. on Hiroshima that pretty much called an end to, to, to that battle over there with the Japanese, okay? So 70 years ago today, a Democrat made that decision. And to me, and that was that's one of those those stories from um, growing up that we hear about. That's probably not taught. That story is probably never even taught in a school anymore, Alicia. Growing up, you know, who who of us did not read the book Thirty Seconds Over Tokyo? Who did not see the movie starring Van Johnson, Thirty Seconds Over Tokyo? This what went down seventy years ago today was one of the most important moments in American history, and it got no play today in the media whatsoever. By the way, it was right. it, you know I actually wrote a book report when I was thirteen on that story because to me it was truly one of the most important pieces of our history. And one of the reasons why it's important to me today is because we have lost our way as a nation. I I wanted to hear tonight and find out who was going to be the candidate to take us back to that time of greatness where we were so fierce and so much in love with our own country. And it's and it's and, and we were so nationalistic as a nation and so together. And, and I know that that's not uh, it was not 100 percent that way in terms of support. But just in general terms, we as a nation, we embraced our greatness and we were willing to make some decisions that weren't necessarily um, you couldn't be squeamish with some of the decisions that were made in order to retain its greatness. So what, going into tonight, given where we are at in a nation, Given what a Barack Obama and the administration and, and the left and, and com- with a complicit Republican Party, what they've done to drag us and, and destroy our nation, Alicia, I wanted to see who who had the goods to take us back to that greatness. These are really serious times. So to see this format where you got you, they knew going in, you got a crowded stage and it's set up to where, you know, they hardly got any play. You know, um, you know, most of the candidates got little to no airtime. For strategic reasons on the part of Fox, the the you know, and I get that it was kind of set up to be like ice water. It, ice water for uh, those who aren't familiar with with sorority rush. Um, ice water is the icebreaker. That's where you come in. You got to You got to weed out through the herd because you got two hundred girls coming through the house, and you know half of them ain't got the goods, and you don't want them to slip under the door. So you got to weed them out. They come in. You're dancing around. You got about. They got about thirty seconds to win you over. You give it. You blackball them, and they're out. I get that. That's what tonight was, but they still could have done a, a better job with it because here's the key issues, most of which. Did didn't get addressed in either debate for me, Alicia. And, and I'm curious if you had some issues that you wanted to hear about that you didn't get to hear about. For me, the key issues were radical Islam. That was not really addressed uh, in the way that I felt that it should have been. I felt that if Fox really cared about that as an issue for the nation, whether Republican or Democrat, they could have framed the questions in a different way versus just what you think about the Iran deal, the, the nuke deal. Um, right. Uh, right. Corruption. There was. Uh, did I miss it? Did I did I did I lose you know my train of thought at some point, Alicia, and miss all the questions about the corruption going on in D.C.? I, I didn't hear a lot of questions about corruption. I heard a few sound bites mentioned by the candidates throwing it in. I think Jindal mentioned at one point in his closing remarks about the IRS scandal. Other than that, I'm not sure anybody mentioned it. A tyranny, again, other than Jindal mentioning the IRS 
uh, and maybe a couple of other sound bites. And I've and I've got and I've got my notes in terms of who said what and what jumped out at me. I heard very little about the tyranny that's going on in this nation, Alicia. And that's something that you and I have talked about a lot. Um, a little bit about the expansion of government, but not what to what it should have been. Um, almost nobody, only two candidates. There was no question. By the way, I, I want to what I'm talking about in terms of topics. Almost none of these were fr- topics that I'm talking about in issues were framed in any way as they should have been from Fox. But at least the candidates could have worked some of these issues into their responses. I wanted an explanation of the value of conservatism over socialism. The formats really didn't make it possible for the candidates to really delve into any of these issues. And the questions weren't framed in these ways. But a couple of the candidates actually got into that a little bit. I, that really meant a lot to me because. Because if you can't do that, you're not going to be able to win. Uh, the, the Republican parties had a push on. We wanted, and I heard Rove talking tonight, you know, after the first debate. We, they need to be talking about what they're going to do and not just criticizing. Well, your solutions aren't going to mean anybody to anything if you don't accurately identify the problem. If you don't tell anybody what the problem is, it's like you go to the doctor and they tell you take these pills. You go, well, for? How's that going to make me better? You haven't told me why, why I'm sick. You haven't told me what's wrong with me. You tell me, you diagnose the problem before you tell me. Why I got to go along with your treatment plan. And, not, and I didn't hear any of that tonight. Um, and, of course, again, in, in many ways, because of the time constraints, they were restricted by the dopiness of these stupid Fox questions. Uh, the removal of God from society. A little bit touched on in terms of First Amendment, but, but not enough. The war on Christianity. That is happening not just in the United States, but globally. And that needed to be addressed. And they, they shied away from it. <clears throat> How has Obama transformed this nation? He ran on a platform of transformation. It didn't come up in the debates, either in the questions or in the answers. And, um, and some kind of touched on it. Um, in the second debate, there was a couple cultural questions, but not really. They, di- they didn't delve enough, Felicia, into the cultural issues that are going on in, in, in the nation. Uh, like the fact that, you know, bakers, you know, are, you know, are being told, you know, they're, they're, bakers are having to pay $250,000 in, in lawyer fees because they didn't want to bake a cake for people. You know what I mean? In, in Seattle. We didn't delve into that. These were my issues. They really didn't get addressed tonight. What were yours? Um, I think that we didn't really talk about serious issues related to the economy, to our, our debt and inflation. I mean, there were some people who brought it up. But uh, the, the way the questions were all presented, I, I felt like they were really exaggerated. You know, the question about, like, ISIS, uh, you know, there wasn't a deep conversation about what do we do with the problem that we have with the Middle East and the fact that these people um, want to, to kill us and to kill our allies. What are we going to do about that? There is no rigor in that conversation. Uh, there wasn't any real conversation about, uh, you know, they talked about jobs a little bit, but about the debt and about government spending, about government programs and how, they are all unsustainable. And, you know, there was never any conversation about something that I care a lot about, which is the VA. The VA has um, horribly uh, underserved our veterans and is wasting huge amounts of money. We're breaking promises to the people that we are, as a country, sending into harm's way and uh, ruining their lives in the ways, you know, when they get injured and they're coming back and not getting any kind of service or care. Right. Well, they did talk a little bit about the they did talk a little bit about the veterans on the back end, but not enough. Yeah. And they That's really didn't. Enough. It was a half thought. It was Megan Kelly's afterthought. Yeah. 
God, you're talking about how does God influence you? Oh, and veterans too. Like you're anywhere near yeah. related. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Megan Kelly, guess what? Maybe if you hadn't been been channeling C- uh, uh, Cecilia Richards or whatever her name is from Planned Parenthood all night, maybe you might have had time to answer a question about veterans. Okay, lady. Okay. Uh, and, and you know, and the last thing I really wish is, what's wrong with the Republican Party? You know, they t- they wanted to talk about Donald. They're attacking Donald Trump, but you know, one person at one point said that Donald Trump is an example of the, the frustrations of the Republican voters. Why wasn't there a discussion about what this party stands for, and why um, the voters are so uh, so frustrated, so split, and what's how the party is going to move forward? Absolutely. That's a great point to end on and because that's really uh, you know, critical if we're going to win in 2016. So when we come back, we're going to get into some details of the debate. I've got some, um, some comments and some sound bites that jumped out at me. And uh, I want to hear from you. Give me a call here if you want to be a part of the show. Uh, tweet me at Andrea K5. Make some comments on Facebook. That's where the genius is. You can give me, Alicia, a call at 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K Show right here on AM 1170, The Answer. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. If you generate income as a sole proprietor, I'm concerned for you. Hey, Mark Larson here. You have no asset protection, and you're paying the highest taxes known to the law. Doug Jennings took a look at my return 15 years ago and in minutes found I was making two common mistakes, reporting income on a Schedule C as a sole proprietor and reporting income from rental properties on Schedule E. Doug came up with a perfect strategy to pay only what I need to be paying in taxes, no more than I should be paying, and to protect my assets. Stop overpaying in taxes and leaving your family unprotected. Jennings Tax Law is the only firm that has lawyers and CPAs working under one roof. Call today for your free consultation and bring a copy of your living trust. Doug will review that for free as well. Don't wait until your October 15th extension because you'll pay the same high taxes again. Call Jennings Tax Law. It's not what you make, it's what you keep. Call 858-457-1224. 858-457-1224. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 Miramar Kitchen and Bath. AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrew K. Show. Glad to have you here with us tonight. It's about dynamite donuts and debates tonight. We had two debates on the Fox News uh, channel tonight that involved what, 89, 90 people, Todd? I don't know how many people are on the stage. In fact, uh, uh, all of a sudden, they, they throw a question to this gentleman. His name is Jim Gilmore. I'm like, who? I'm like, 
<laughs> Shouldn't I know, Governor Gilmore, that you're that you're in the race? If I don't know that, you know, you know, maybe maybe that's one less person that needed to take some airtime tonight. You know, I actually liked, um, you know, a couple of things that he had to say. Um, and I and, you know, I think everybody should have a shot. But I think now I'm not really sure what the next step is and how they're going to analyze this. But I think it's really time to, you know, d- to make a true analysis in terms of who should be in the first class cabin, who's truly the JV team and who's cl- clearly the senior varsity. And I tell you, I'm just going to before I get into any more, it is clear to everybody tonight. And it was probably within five or ten minutes at the most in the first debate who clearly owned the stage. And quite frankly, she owned the stage she owned the second stage later on in the night even though she wasn't standing on it and that's carly fiorina what were you, do you agree with me alicia and, and quite frankly the rest of the world because that's everybody else's analysis as well yeah i, I do agree with you i think that carly was the big winner out of tonight and you know what's uh it, it's almost you know you know she was on the second stage she's going to get a much bigger bump because she's she dominated the first debate and uh, that car- that bump carried over, uh, and that news story carried over to the second debate. So I felt like everybody else in the second debate, nobody lit my fire. Uh, but Carly Fiorina is getting so much chatter that she's going to get a huge bump from this. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, it didn't come as any surprise to me. Because, first of all, I've been saying for a really long time, and a lot of people have, and she kind of, she, you know, talked about it herself tonight because she said the reason why Trump is resonating is because people are fed up, and they are fed up with the political class in Washington that is ruling over us like we're a bunch of peasants. She was sharp. She was focused. She was determined. She was dead on. She was specific. She was succinct. She was, I mean, what else do you want, GOP? Laura Ingram I've lost so much respect for her. She's on TV tonight talking about, oh, the big donors aren't going to get behind Carly Fiorina because they know Jeb's going to get the nomination. Really? How could they know that if everybody's legitimately getting a shot? If they're not intentionally picking him, they're trying to create an, an inevitability around Jeb Bush. And she need she needs to knock off trying to do her part to make that happen. What's she getting on the back end for that kind of a comment? You know, the, you know, it's it's really kind of sad because Carla Fiorina would be one of the, would be an excellent candidate to oppose Hillary Clinton. And she's got a populist appeal. She's a female. She's got business experience. She's outside of the general Washington milieu. I mean, there's a lot of really good things about her. You think that, that Fox News and the GOP establishment would look at her more seriously. Well, yeah, but but they're not going to for a couple of reasons. I think everybody is it clearly understands at this point that the GOP establishment, there's there's virtually no daylight between the parties right now. You look at what Cruz said on the floor of Congress recently when he called out the leadership and said, what are you doing? The people gave you the majority to repeal Obamacare. You funded it. They wanted you to, to overturn the executive order on amnesty. You funded amnesty. You, you know, you, you've pushed through the Iran nuke deal, but you wouldn't but you won't vote to defund Planned Parenthood initially. You know, w- right. what's what's the difference between the parties? Virtually none. And and they're they're trying to do everything they can to push an inevitable Jeb Bush on us. And and this has been their game plan for a while um, after the after the 2012 election in in, in their guy that was handpicked the, you know, Jeb of 2012 Romney when he lost they came back and told us a lie they said oh the reason why he lost was the was the Hispanic vote he didn't get it didn't have anything to do with Hispanics he didn't get what was what was if you're going to talk about an identity group that needed to be addressed that we failed on maybe in 2012 it was women what what was the big comment that got attached to Romney his binders of women it wasn't binders full of Mexicans 
There was a war on women, and we've got a phenomenal person who who just happens to be a woman. And shame on Rick Perry for trying to uh, pander to her with the, oh, if we had had Carly Fiorina negotiating that Iran nuke deal, you know, oh, nice try, Mr. Perry, trying to relegate her to, you know, Secretary of State status, okay? Uh Uh-uh. She deserves to be on that stage. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to get into some other comments, though, because I actually think that some other, you know, some people had some, you know, some good comments. I mean, I actually think that Perry did do a fairly good job um, because, you know, I I don't want to necessarily say because Carly absolutely won hands down that the rest of them, you know, that she should be an an inevitable person either at this point. You know, I think we got a long way to go. You know, some people were saying to me today, hey, did you hear what she has said about immigration? You know, she's pro-amnesty. And, you know, I hadn't heard that comment. Did I miss that in tonight's debate, Alicia? No, uh, no, I, I, no, you didn't miss it. I don't know what else to say about that. One of the things that I thought was important for the Republican Party tonight that I think worked in their favor was these Planned Parenthood videos came out. Because to see Fox News tonight in both debates play the same stupid, insipid, we've got videos coming out where they are talking about infanticide, and we're hearing questions from Fox News about what would you say to, would you, would you want a woman to die? You know, she, uh, Megyn Kelly posed, uh, you know, really, you know, uh, same old gotcha questions. What about an exception for rape and incest? And so because of these Planned Parent videos, they were able to, to stamp that down because the war on women is what 2016 is going to be about with Hillary Clinton uh, as the nominee in 2016. And so um, that went in favor for the Republican Party tonight. Um, anything that jumped out in you while I'm looking through my notes here in terms of sound bites? Because I got a couple of good ones, Alicia. Sound bites. Um, well, I, I think, um, I mean, obviously I'm, uh, I'm interested in civil liberty. So I was really with Rand Paul talking about the Fourth Amendment during that, the, the main part of the debate. So, Well, uh, well excuse me uh, for interrupting. I'm still on the first debate. I should have clarified okay, that. I wanted, I wanted to finish okay. up talking about the first debate that included Carly. I thought Perry did a good job with yeah, that. I, actually, I thought Perry did a good job, too. And actually, I, I, I thought that he – I didn't take his comments about Carly Fiorina to be pandering to her. Oh, you didn't? I actually thought like he, he was being respectful. And at the end of the day, I, I felt like Perry did well, and I felt like uh, Carly Fiorina did well. And I felt like those two candidates specifically should have been on the main stage. Absolutely. I mean, I liked his comments. He was fierce. He was dead on. I liked what he said. $150 billion is fixing. I love that little Southern. I, I miss hearing that. It's fixing to go to a country that killed you know, our, our Marines in Lebanon and, and use their weapons to kill our young men in Iraq. I thought that I thought that was a great comment. I loved her approach. She was so specific. I don't remember anybody else being as specific she was in terms of what she would do. She says, uh, you know, some of the things she would do on day one, she would call her good friend, Bibi. I love how she called him that. Someday I hope he's my good friend. Then she said she'd call the supreme leader of Iran. She says he probably wouldn't take her call, but she says she would tell him. She was the only one who gave these specifics in terms of the Iran nuke deal. She said she she would demand that they either open up at any time, anywhere that she demanded, or she would make it virtually impossible for them to move any money around the globe. That is a businesswoman who knows how to get things done. Okay, this is she. She. I don't know where she's from originally, but she's like a southerner. Okay, we have a saying down there: talking about it ain't getting it done. That's somebody who knows how to get results. Right. Right. Carlos Arena was the only candidate throughout both debates. I think that actually answered any question with specifics. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, Lindsey Graham tried to be specific, but he was so black. I almost felt sorry for, for Lindsey Graham. I mean, he was so scripted. He was so rehearsed. It was terrible. And then one of the worst points, you know, for me, for Fox was, and it was in the first debate. I mean, it was Martha McCallum. First of all, she was so tortured in trying to somehow, you know, here we find out today that, what, 19 girls? Um, you know, were um, were were murdered because they didn't want to have, you know, um, be raped by, you know, Muslims. And, you know, we've got we have a crisis going on with radical Islam. And she's going into this tortured question about Saudi Arabia versus Iran, who is the state sponsor of all this, you know, terror that's being wreaked, you know, cr- across the world. I mean, it was just tragic the way this was handled. Um, but the other big. I don't know if we lost Alicia. The other big ridiculous question that was posed out there, and I know I've got some callers waiting. Thank you for your patience. The other really big question that that I thought was horrible in the first debate, and Carly was the only one who nailed it, was the question about inspiration. You know, they pose, she poses, Martha McCallum poses these questions, uh, basic, not questions, but basically these phenomenal historical sound bites that were probably written by speech writers other than Reagan. Uh, you know, like, she says, oh, you know, she quotes all these great qua- sayings and she says, you know, like, give me liberty and give me death. And, uh, you know, and says, OK, now go give me an inspiration. Tell me t- tell me how you're going to be inspirational on that level. And I thought Carly Fiorina knocked it out of the park, talk- park talking about, uh, you know, being inspirational and being a leader. And then you go to Lindsey Graham and, you know, bless his heart. I mean, he starts talking about, you know, I could be Ronald Reagan um, but I just need to find me some Tip O'Neill. And he's like, you know, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe Tip O'Neill. Is he over in Arizona frozen with that baseball player? And, you know, and then he starts talking about how he's lost his dog and his mama died when he was 20. I mean, it was so pitiful, Alicia. Was not, not, that to me was like the worst moment of the entire debate. I thought, really, we, this, this is who we've got up on the stage taking time away from real candidates. I do not know why Lindsey Graham is running for president. I, I mean, I, I, that's been a head-scratcher to me since the moment he announced. There's too many egos in the Republican Party, too many, and, and, and it's because they're career politicians. And one of the things that, that, that I thought, and I know I, I'm up against a break here, Todd. I'm going to wrap it up in a second. But one of the things in the first debate that aggravated me, and I think it also continued in the second debate, is – Oh, you know, you know, you don't have any executive experience. You've never run a state. Oh, gasp. You know, and it's like, well, neither did our founding fathers either. This the most brilliant men of of our of our entire nation who founded this nation never ran a state. Okay, so we have become obsessed as a nation with thinking that we have to continue to reelect and reelect and reelect the same people who fail us over and over and over and over and over again. And what I I want to wrap about this with Carly Fiorina, because then we're going to move on and spend some time on the second debate. Because I know there's somebody ready to call in who wants to defend Trump's performance tonight. But I love Carly Fiorina. I am not quite ready, but I'm just about ready to, you know, to throw my, my you know, name behind her. Because what she has, Alicia, that nobody else has is a, is a level of corporate experience that I think is what we need to turn around this nation. These people at her level of corporate experience are people that have, have an experience and ability to... 
turn an, a huge corporation around on a dime. These are people who know how to mobilize large organizations and convince people and motivate them and inspire them to do things they would never otherwise normally want to do. I mean, these are people that used to come into Xerox, which had like 150,000 employees when I worked there, and they could come into us when we had 20,000 of us together. And by the end, we'd be like so tired and so not wanting to you know, do anything. And by the time it was over, it was like, who can I go cold call? You know, I don't care whether or not the plan even makes sense. I am behind you, you know, and that is what we need because we got to have somebody that's going to be able to motivate this country. Because one of the questions that was good tonight was how are you going to convince people that it's better to take a job than an entitlement? We've got to have somebody who knows how to motivate and inspire people to get behind opportunity and get this nation back on track. And I think she proved tonight she's the person to do it. Am I wrong? I, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, the only other person who's running for president uh, on the Republican side right now who has any kind of business experience and that entrepreneurial chop is Donald Trump, which I think is one of his great appeals to people. Uh, it would be nice to see somebody who's not a career politician, but not only not a career politician, but somebody who has shown that they understand commerce, that they understand large organizations, and they can lead from the top without being a career politician uh, as part of that, that uh, resume. Right. Well, I agree with you there, Miss Alicia. And we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to take a couple of calls because there is somebody who's waiting to call and talk about Trump. And I think that I'm not sure if she's in agreement with a lot of the reviews that have come down about Trump. So anyway, hey, thanks for tuning in tonight to the Andrea K. Show. It's Dynamite Donuts and, and Debates here on the Andrea K. Show, right here live on AM 1170, The Answer. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day to day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. Do you seem to never have time to do the higher things in life? You go to work, you come home tired after trading your infinitely valuable time for someone else's tiny bit of money? You watch a little TV, then you go to bed and do it all again. The best way to gain time freedom is through investing, not by working for someone else. Come learn how to create monthly cash flow at our next new venture on Wall Street two-day training session. Also, learn powerful biblical principles on finances and wealth creation during our show, The Word on Investing, weekdays at 4 here on KPraise, 1210 AM KPRZ. Attend our live event, Coming to the Embassy Suites Temecula, August 28th and 29th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. 
or go to nvows.com. That's nvows.com. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All-natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. AM 1170theanswer.com. Hear us anywhere in San Diego and the world. AM 1170theanswer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. You know, Kay, coming in, I was like, do I, re-? you know, I'm so burned out on this. Am I going to be having any fun talking about the debates tonight? But, you know, I actually am. I am really enjoying because as I remember and think about some great moments with Carly Fiorina, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually really excited that we have somebody who is at least on the stage talking about the differences between conservatism and progressivism, because that's really what we got to have if we're going to win. I said that second half I was going to move into the second debate, but not until I actually mentioned a couple of things about Jindal, because I thought he actually surprised me and did better than I thought he was going to do. Um, he was the only one tonight who called out Hillary and actually said that she was a, not the only one who called out Hillary, but he's the only one who called her out for actually being a socialist. I loved how he said uh, he was the only one who mentioned a strategy to win the general election. I thought that was good. He mentioned kind of what I did. we got to stop this. We're trying to run a moderate. It hasn't worked. It's, it's failed. I loved what he said about Planned Butcherhood. He said, you know, one of the first things I'm going to do in January is I'm not just going to defund Planned Parenthood. It's not, not enough. He said, I'm going to take the DOJ, the IRS, the FBI. He listed all these alphabets that he's going to take in there and take that organization down. This is more than just whether or not they're getting taxpayer funding money. This is about murder and it's about infanticide and we got to end that so kudos to Jindal for talking that I loved how Perry said one of the first things he's going to do was secure the border boom I thought that was awesome moving into the second debate I might touch a little bit more on my gal Carly towards the end of the show but moving into the second debate the Trump show did it live up to expectations did he live up to expectations he went into this debate tonight with like a 20-something percent. I mean, he was the golden boy going into this debate. Uh, He had um, risen to the top of the heap, as you know, through uh, tapping into the frustrations of the party, uh, particularly to the immigration issue. Um, People loved his frank talk going into into this debate tonight. They loved his fieriness. They loved his uh, hard-hitting approach. And his no nonsense, no pulling the punches comments. Suddenly tonight, he gets on stage and basically is Trump. You know, people even advised him, "Don't change who you are when you get on the stage." And the the comments are terrible about his performance. I actually loved some of what he did. You know, I predicted this morning that Megyn Kelly, in particular, would use this not as an opportunity tonight to actually get answers uh, for the voters, but that she would use this to try to preen 
her feathers to try to push her brand and try to make herself about be about the story, which she is. Unfortunately, it's not flattering for her um, instead of uh, instead of doing her job. And that's what she did. She went after Trump and um, did everything she could to bait him into saying something that was going to make himself look bad. And evidently it worked. Um, But there's a caller on the line who seems to think that he did a bang up job. Hey, Elisa Brent. Welcome back to the show. All right. So I was cheering the whole night. You were, girl. They, <laughs> you know, Frank. Well, love the stupid comment. Hello, that border is stupid. Well, you <laughs> so know, I, is stupid because of that border. Well, I actually thought he had a couple of really great moments. You know, I love that when she, you know, starts off the bat with this war on women. You've called women this. You've called women that. And he was like, "Oh, just Rosie O'Donnell," you know, and it just took the house down. Uh, you know, started off from his first comment. The comment, or sorry, not even the comment, his gesture of raising his hand in the air. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, but if if he has the numbers and he's winning and the party still doesn't recognize it and they choose somebody else, he is absolutely has every right to go for an independent or a third party. Well, I, you know what? I don't know about that because I, at, at this point, you know, I've got to see. I didn't have time. I mean, I didn't get to watch the end of the debate before I came in. But I'm not sure that he's got even anywhere near the support that he did going into this debate tonight, Elisa. And if he doesn't, he's not going to go. What's that? Did you see a clear winner on the stage other than Carly? Um, No, but even without a clear winner on the stage, it doesn't mean that he didn't lose support and, you know, and flame out. You know, so I I think we have to see because, you know, being respectful of the other candidates and really wanted to hear what they had to say. I think this is a learning curve for him. And he is playing it the way Trump does. He's smart he's listening and he yes he's going to speak the truth he's going to be he's not going to be politically correct he's going to say it like it is yeah and you know unfortunately i think what was missing for me tonight with his performance was like for example when she hits him with his war on women crap i think what he should have said was had he been a little bit more policy specific and a little bit more on point and he not only is he not a career politician but he's also not a corporate leader like carly fiorina is i mean when you rise to the level of hp and i know this from xerox because i never rose even anywhere near her don't get me wrong but i, I worked with people who were at her level and you know having to speak and be in these kind of debating situations situations is just a part of the job it's like every day um his type of of corporate you know uh, businessman stuff hasn't involved that and i think he was a little out of it out of his element and not quite as quick on his feet because his retorts were basically just just jabs back versus substance when yeah, megan kelly for clear answers from him and he wasn't giving it to he, him he, well yeah like when megan kelly hits him with the war on women i would have turned that around and said really this is your idea of war on women me getting into a spat with rosie o'donnell let's talk about the 19 girls that were killed because they didn't want to you know be raped because Islam exactly. thinks that one-year-olds, you know, are, you know, are a nine, and nine-year-olds are old enough to be brides. He, you know, that's, that's what was missing for him tonight. And he obviously did not have all the facts. He wasn't, he doesn't have his little Rolodex of information right there. Right, he, right. He shoots his mouth off, and that's just the way Trump is. And I don't well, but shooting we your mouth off, right. it, but. Well, that, well, shooting your mouth off, and i got to leave it here because i got another caller holding. Shooting your mouth off is great if you've got something, if you've got content to back it up. Because what Carly Fiorina has is she has the ability to hit hard and punch, but she does it in a way, um, like if, if you listen to how she hit Hillary in her closing, she didn't give her closing to talk about herself. She, she hit Hillary, called her a liar. You've lied about Benghazi, she said. You've lied about your emails. You've lied about your servers. She's calling her, that's 
calling somebody out, but it's with substance. And, and, and that's what... Nice. This is definitely Carly Fiorina's Yeah. Nice. Well, nice. it, you know, Trump may not be completely out, but he's going to have to change. He's going to have to change not necessarily his style, but he's got to add some substance in. Or quite frankly, I think he's toast. So you might want to tell the Trump supporters that. Thank you for calling in. I got to leave it there. So we got time to get on to another caller. And, and I, Alicia, are you still there with me, girl? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. So um, okay. you heard what uh, the Trump supporter had to say. Um, I got I did. it. Yeah. Um, I want to get to Timothy Shea, who seems like he's holding. I'm not quite sure what he has to share or if he is in agreement with Elisa or disagreement. What say you, Timothy? Well, I, I think Trump hurt himself big time tonight. He came off as uh, a blousy blowhard and the Frank Luck panel at the end showed that everybody had gone into the debate in that panel supporting him, and almost everybody was negative afterward. I think he did a lot of damage, not so much with what he said, but how he said it, his whole demeanor. But I want to get back in the first debate. There was something very important that I haven't heard anybody else comment on, and that is Lindsey Graham's socialism leaking out. Did you catch how he said that no. he's single and doesn't have children and when he was young, his sister's SSDI payments helped keep the family afloat because he had a disabled sister. And he said that he would be willing to give up his Social Security if it meant that the program would be solvent a little bit longer. And that is a facetious argument, number one. Number two, it's equating Social Security with an entitlement that should be means-tested. People pay into Social Security. That's what FICA is. Yeah, well, it doesn't yeah. matter how wealthy you are. You get your Social Security because you paid for it. Exactly. In but, fact, I love what Huckabee said when, when that subject came up. You know, it, it, he was talking about, st- you know, stop lying to people. You know, people paid into this. You know, you're, you, it, it, you're lying to people, and now you're trying to raise the age. You're trying to take away something that somebody has paid into it. You're trying to, you know, cover for your tracks off the backs of hard people. How about we go to, and, and the issue is, is that we've got too many people not paying into it. We don't have enough people paying into the system. Let's go to a flat tax and let's start taxing some pimps and some hoes okay that's how you solve it you solve it by you know having people pay for themselves not by you know um any kind of income redistribution or any kind of socialist scheme exactly and we all know that social security is nothing but a big ponzi scheme if it were anybody but the government doing it it'd be illegal okay but i just wanted to say that about Lindsay because nobody's commented that and I've got to admit that I was wrong about Mike Huckabee. I said all along that I think it was horrible, and I still do, that Rick Perry and Carly especially were shunted off to the kiddies' table and that Kasich and Christie and Huckabee need to sit down. Well, Mike Huckabee actually had a really good night. He used humor. He had the facts at his fingertips. He knew that we had 44 B-52s, and then he joked that they were all older than he is. <laughs> So he, he did a great job tonight. Okay, some, yeah. some other winners tonight. Scott Walker had a great line. Russia and China know more about Hillary Clinton's emails than our own Congress. Wait, say that again? I didn't hear that. I missed that line. Scott Walker said Russia and China know more about Hillary Clinton's emails than our own Congress. That's a so, great comment. It See, was a I, great line. Yeah. Now, some of the other lines, was he the one who said something about it? If it's mushy, you can't push it. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? What the heck was he talking about? First, you got Huckabee talking about tax and pimps and hoes. He's talking about if it's mushy. I'm not sure I want to know, and I don't know if it's mushy. Don't push. Oh yes, yes, yes. Todd, okay. can you find no, that quote? I don't know what he was trying to say there. I mean, I got to move on from that. Alicia, do you know what he was saying there? 
I have no idea what you're saying. There was a couple of times where people were talking. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. The other one that I was really confused about was Donald Trump talking about Hillary Clinton coming to his wedding. I think well, he was, what I was wondering is who makes a political donation to get Hillary Clinton to come to his wedding? I know. It's like I'd pay her to stay away. Exactly. You know what I mean? Good grief. But I also want to talk. I also think Carson had a good night and I loved a couple of comments he made. You know, first of all, they start out with the gotcha question. Again, this obsession that, oh, you ha- you're not a career politician. You've never run a state. And I loved what he said to her. The most important thing is having a brain. Okay. Exactly. He said to the woman whose brain's gotten way too big for even for her extensions that are way too big, by the way. It's time to get a trim on those things, baby doll. Um, You know, a couple of other things that I loved that he talked about. Um, Let me see if I can find them. Um, You know, he talked about uh, race relations when he was asked about that. That was a real highlight for me. And I think that he needs to go around and say that a lot more. He said he was asked by some dopey NPR report about it. And and he says, I'm a neurosurgeon. He caught her off guard. He's like, because what's most important is somebody inside. The entire Republican Party should be saying that all day, every day. They should do a commercial around that. You know what I mean? I mean, it completely takes the wind out of that whole, you know, situation that's been going on. Uh, not only did he have a good comment about what race, but he, he actually highlighted the fact that I, I'm smarter than almost everybody else out here because I'm a brain surgeon. Oh, right. I operate on the thing that actually makes a person a person. Right. Um, and he I mean, had some great humor in his clothes. He said, I'm the only candidate who has separated Siamese twins. Oh, see, I didn't get to hear the closes because I had to leave. Yeah, That's he a great said, comment. I'm the only candidate who has separated Siamese twins. And he followed that up with, and who's removed half a brain. Now, if you'd been to Washington, you'd think that somebody beat me to it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great line. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. um, A couple of other great lines. I love the exchange between Rand Paul and Chris Christie. I thought Rand won that hands down. I thought the look on Christie's face, because he just thought he was going to own Rand Paul. And when Rand Paul would not back down on our Bill of Rights, and I loved Rand Paul's quote was, I don't want my marriage or my gun to have to be registered in Washington, D.C. I think that's one of my top quotes from the night, Alicia. I thought you would dig that. I did dig it. I was cheering Rand Paul. I thought Chris Christie did horribly. I think he was a real loser tonight, actually. Um, and, you know, i got to tell you, I don't. I think uh, Trump actually won tonight, not because I thought his performance was stellar, because I didn't think that. He was sort of, he didn't hurt himself, in my opinion. He sort of just who he is. But he got, he, he's dominating the conversation. He's doing huge amounts of media attention. He, he's dominating Twitter. Uh, he's dominating the search uh, traffic. And that means we're talking about him. That's, that's a win for him. Um, what do you say about that, Timothy? I couldn't understand her. I'm sorry. Can you say that again, Alicia? Yeah, I said I thought Donald Trump won tonight because he's dominating the conversation. He's dominating the search uh, traffic. He's dominating Twitter. He's dominating media tendencies. So even though you uh, can talk about how polished he was, and I don't think from a debate standpoint he was that impressive to me, he still is getting all the traction, and he that is that's a win because really what they're doing at this point in the campaign is attempting to get attention so that they can get donors and they can uh, start to build up those numbers. Yeah, so that's why it was a win for Carly, and that's why it was, I think it's a win for Donald tonight. 
Well, that's an interesting perspective because, you know, you've been involved in running campaigns and, you know, if if name recognition at this point is still key, then, yeah, that is a win. You know, I loved the exchange. Rand Paul said today he's going to mix it up tonight. You know, he, he we're going to rumble tonight. So he goes to confront Trump on being for single payer after Trump just said he was no longer for single payer. And, tr- and Trump looks at him and is like, did you not listen to me? And he goes, you're not you're not having a good night tonight. And it was so, so authentic Trump in that point. And, you know, but I, I, you know, I still think Rand Paul had some really great moments. And I particularly loved uh, the moment about um, in spite of him looking like a Chia, he needs to get somebody to help style him because you don't you don't show up on the national stage looking like that. That was some yeah, bad. Jerry that was worse. Out in 88. That, yeah, that was exactly. That was like Jerry Curl. OK, we don't want to be seeing no Jerry Curl up there on the GOP stage. OK, um, <laughs> you know that Fox News gave uh, Rand Paul the least amount of time. They gave him half the time. Right. They gave, uh, you know, Trump and Jeb Bush. They were they right. were ignoring him. They were attacking outright hostily attacking Trump. Totally. It's actually going to make him an underdog. And some people are going to like him because right. of that. Well, yeah, and, and lobby softball that Jeb Bush, absolute softball. Yeah, and yeah, in fact, Timothy mentioned. Uh, I think he was the first one that I saw mentioned on Facebook that this was a blatant, you know, push for Jeb. One of the things that I also yeah. liked about Carson was when he talked about stupid wars. I mean, this is a guy who looks who's such a handsome man. He's got such this quiet demeanor, but he, you know, it's like as soon as he talks, it's like dead on. You know, I loved right. what he. You know. Um, uh, it, she goes to pose a question to him, and he says, "Oh, thank you, Megan. I was scared I wouldn't get to talk again." Right. Uh, you know, and he's by the way got the largest traffic bump out of everybody. So Trump is still dominating internet search uh, traffic. Right. But Carson got the largest uh, jump from it. Right. And so he's so I smart. This has really helped. Him. Right. And he said to her, he said, now, I'm not going to announce what I would do, whether or not I would do war or, you know, waterboarding, but I'm not going to, you know, engage in any stupid wars again. Oh, it sounds like uh, Todd's got the quote from Walker on the mushy pushy. You probe with bayonets. When you find mush, you push. When you find steel, you stop. <laughs> Under Obama and Clinton, we found a lot of mush over the last few years. We need to have a national security that puts steel in front of our enemies. I would send weapons to Ukraine. I would okay. work with NATO. To- yeah, you know, you know, hey, it's got us talking about it, right? Hey, you had a use bayonet. Yeah, well, using an, using Alicia's benchmark of no publicity being bad publicity—that's a win, right? Right. But the best tweet of the night was uh, from at Andrea K Five. The moderators in the second debate are the JV team. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Because you know what? I I want somebody to do an analysis and count how much time went to multiple questions of gotcha against Republicans about abortion intentionally to try to drive the conversation away from the videos and what that was about and to make it be again to push the narrative that the Republicans want to keep you from being able to take a birth control pill. And and the Republicans are in a war on women. Everybody but Trump. I mean, everybody but uh, Bush. Well, they, they asked Bush totally carrying Jeb's water tonight. Well, they did ask Bush about his ties to Planned Parenthood with the boy that he was on with Bloomberg, and his response, quite frankly, was good in terms of what he's done in Florida. I will say it was, but that was Chris Wallace that asked that question. It wasn't Megan. Now, oh, that's true. Oh, you're right. Good point there. Yeah, I, I think Jeb Bush actually surprised me in that he he was very non-offensive, but actually, I, I liked some of his answers. I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting from him. I thought I would just like him more than I did. Uh, but again, they were they absolutely lobbed softball. She was the only totally. one who didn't really get the, the gotcha. The, the closest they came to a gotcha was to ask him about the Iraq war, which he'd already come out on record on. 
Right. Yeah, he got he received no gotcha questions, not even with the Common Core. I mean, nothing. I mean, basically, it was teed up for him. And, you know, that's shameful. Another quote that I really liked came from Huckabee. And he was talking about Iran and the Iran nuke deal. And he said, you know, Ronald Reagan was about trust but verify. And Obama is trust but vilify. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and Andrea, he, on, you didn't see it. But on the Frank Lutz panel afterward, that almost broke his meter. It goes really? To 100. It, it goes to 100, and they say it has never, ever gone to 100, and this came into the high 90s. And you know what? I'm so glad you pointed that out, because you know what that tells everybody, Timothy and Alicia? That tells everybody that, that there is an anger going on among the population about Obama. We all know he is the enemy within. Everybody knows he's the Marxist-in-chief, and there was nothing addressed other than that comment that really called him out for that. Uh, exactly. I, I think Carly will go there if she's given a real debate. We need to get a Away from these, oh, you've got one minute to answer a question that really you should you should be able to delve into for half an hour on and get into some of this because and, and that's partly why they allowed too many people on the stage and they only had a minute and they picked these questions. There was nothing that addressed, like I said earlier tonight, how he has gone about intentionally to destroy this nation and hand it over to the radical Islamists was not addressed at any time tonight other than in that little comment. And I think that's why the voters gave it such high marks. We're, we're running out of time. Um, the question at the end was another stupid one. Have you heard from God? They're going to ask yeah, the Democrats I, whether or not they've heard from God when the Democrats are the party that cheered removing God from their platform. That could not have been a more ridiculous question. Offensive. Incredibly offensive. offensive. It's all about teeing it up that the Republicans are these far right. We're the extremists trying to keep women from getting birth control pills. It's absolutely offensive and disgusting and nauseating. Uh, but I love some of the answers. I loved Cruz's answers. He didn't get enough yeah. time tonight, but I think he might have redeemed himself. He says, you shall know them by their fruit. And that means not just that's that's typically something you hear Christians say. But he was talking about conservatives. You know, not everybody on that stage is a true conservative. There's many that are on board with amnesty. And that was, you know, one. you talk about Jeb Bush. He says, I'm not for amnesty. I'm for, you know, a pathway to legal legal status. Well, what's the difference? They don't care whether or not they ever get to become American. They're coming here for the benefits. So, Absolutely. you know, so speaking cr- of true conservatives, I'll leave you right now with the, the question that's on everyone's lips. What did Teddy Bo think of the debates? You know, Teddy Bo was so disgusted with the Megyn Kelly that he practically couldn't even he practically couldn't even eat his biscuits. OK, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, he only he only ate half of his his treats tonight. You know, he well, was he I was snarling at that Megan afterward. Yeah, he's off his biscuits to the Megan. I saw Debbie Watson and Schultz afterward and suddenly I've lost my taste for love. <laughs> hey, we're running out of time, everybody. Thank you so much for sharing this hour with me. Alicia, thank you for being here and helping me break it down. Um, I don't know how I want to leave it tonight other than I, I kind of liked Rubio's quote. We're going to leave it here. He says, God has blessed the Republican Party. He says, we have so many good candidates to choose from, and the Democrats can't even find one. Um, well, I'm going to be right back here tomorrow night from 9 to 10 p.m. Pacific time on the Andrea K. Show. Thank you, Todd, Alicia, all the callers. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. 5. Friend me on Facebook. Let's keep the conversation rolling. Love you all. The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Hi, Mark Larson here for Mark Motors, and Mark Motors is spelled M-A-R-C-K. Mark Motors, 619-440-0436. That's the number to keep handy because you'll need it at some point in life.
We all do. We all have. Mark Motors is the body shop. When somebody runs into you and they decide to have a fender bender with you, whatever the situation, call Mark Motors right away. 619-440-0436. By the way, they have free shuttle service now to get you to and from home or work when your car is being repaired. They know how to work with the insurance companies in a way that other companies just don't get. In fact, some of the insurance companies are a little slow and will try to have you go to their guy who's got some hammer and putty out back. No, no, no. You have the legal right to choose the best. And the best, when it comes to body shop work, Mark Motors. For nearly 65 years serving San Diego County. 619-440-0436. Mark Motors. M-A-R-C-K. Online. It's markmotors.com. Hmm, furled brow, compressed lips, squinty eyes, need directions to the men's room? No, I have this idea floating around in my head, but it keeps like slipping away. Oh, how cute. Trying to figure out a new idea all by yourself. How can I help? Ha ha, I was thinking we could do gun exchange workshops for our customers. You know, like how to mount a scope, clean a gun, tools to use. That's actually a good idea. You can even do a safe buyer's workshop and get all technical. And there you have it, an ongoing sizzling summer sale with gun safes and ammo prices. You haven't Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.